welcome everybody to the inaugural episode of the Lost Remote Podcast. I am Zach Grossman along with Arthur Lowenkamp and Brian DeFever. And guys, how you doing today? Pretty good. Yeah, a uh, little excited, a little sleepy, I don't know. Bundle of emotions. Right. Yeah, it's fun times, man. It's been a been a while to get this going and uh, we all had some free time with uh, COVID, so we're not going anywhere. And <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we decided we wanted to review some old movies that we all fell in love with. And mainly we're going to focus on horror movies. And today we thought we'd start with The Poltergeist. You guys, how? <laughs> yeah, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, when is the last time the three of us all talked at the same time in a place or on a phone or anything other than recent all three text of us? messages? Yeah. Uh, I would have to say over a decade. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think me and you, it was the bet. Risk games. Like, me and Brian, uh, it would have been like 2011 or 12, right before I moved uh, out of town for a bit. Uh, the last time I saw you in person is we went to uh, a show downtown, and that was in 11, like right before we moved. Man. The show? That's right after. Yeah, I went down to... Uh, uh, See uh, uh, wrestling down there at the folks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say it's on a podcast. It's definitely nice to pin it. <laughs> paint well, the tapestry it of words. We yeah, went to yeah. a show. A show. <laughs> we went and sat in the second row at uh, WWE Oklahoma City back in April oh, of 2011. Nice. nice. I was there. I, I guess know if it was April, but you know, <laughs> <it's> spring. <laughs> Sometimes spring 11. <laughs> So yeah, for the three of us, I I can't imagine. Um, just real quick introductions, our backgrounds. We all know each other from our youthful days. I met Zach and Brian uh, in my high school years, but you guys knew each other before, yay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Brian and I went to the same babysitter actually when we were you know three, four, five years old all the way, yep. and uh, we kind of stayed lifetime friends. We uh, went to grade school together, went to high school together, we're best friends throughout that that whole time, and. So, sealed the deal. Yeah. What on the topic of older movies? What would have been the movie you guys watched together the most? Ghostbusters. Uh, yep. Definitely <laughs> Ghostbusters. We and have every day in daycare, baby. Ghostbusters. Yeah. We would act it out as children while the movie was playing. Yeah. And we even crossed the streams. What? What? <laughs> that would be bad. Well, no, I, it, it's very understandable why we became friends later. I had a, uh, when I was like four or five, there was a neighbor across the street and they watched it every morning. And by the time I'd be able to go to their house, it would always be Stay Puff rolling in. I'd see like the last 15 minutes of it, like every day. Uh, yeah, it was, it was great to finally own it later and get to watch it on my own terms and time. This yeah, is the whole still, movie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and the, did you know there's a giant Twinkie? All and this the context. Thing of, yeah. And the best thing about Ghostbusters was when it actually was released on DVD. And you got, because uh, we didn't see it in theaters. Obviously, the original came out in 84. And I think Brian was one, and I was just born. So, there, you know, obviously no way we saw the original my, theatrical. My earliest I think I saw it in the drive-in when I was like three yep, or four. Drive-in. Uh, no, you, my earliest so you did see it was the drive-in, drive-in of Ghostbusters. Wow. I did. I did. I pulled an Arthur, because I was up front with my parents watching some movie I hated. Because and and 
my sister was hanging out the back and on the other screen Ghostbusters was playing and I had no idea for over an hour. And I got to see the same pup watch <laughs> again. <laughs> this is a very early memory, so it's very yeah. sure, suspect. But I I recall the imagery. Well, if it was in the weather for driving, it probably was there. You yeah. know, a couple of years later, obviously. Then you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. And so, whenever the DVD came out, though, you got the full theatrical screen. You weren't uh-huh. just focused on the letterbox, which used to come on TV and what all the VHSs are on. You know. The bullshit when you watch something on TV. This film has been modified from its original version to fit this TV. You know that kind of stuff. So there's in Ghostbusters. There's so much in the in the the third that's cut off yes. that yeah. you don't get to appreciate. I, like yeah, you like the I, bars that I drew for nobody. I that don't want to steal Brian's thunder, and I'll let him like illustrate the scene. But I remember like as soon as it came out, Brian was just like, "Dude, was it being widescreen?" Like there's this scene at the hotel. Like I just yeah. like the excitement uh, yeah. he had. Egon's <laughs> instructing Peter of the prices to give the guy, and we had no idea that was happening. And yeah, t- and I, we'd the touching the nose. I remember times. how excited you were about the touching of the nose, and I just like that has stuck with me for the last twenty yeah. years. So, what was it? The first part was the capture and storage of the beast was uh, the one thousand, and then for the uh, charging of the prax was four. Yeah. Like across the chest, he put it on his chest, four thousand. But yeah, I mean, we we watched that movie so much growing up that it's, I mean, it's it's still my favorite movie, and mm-hmm. I watch it every once in a while. Just not as much as I used to, obviously. I mean, can't watch it every day, but you know, I try to put it in a, about every three months. So sure. And the, and 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 it's amazing that there's still little new nuggets to come out from it, like that little advertisement yeah, for the movie screener association thing that I sent you guys the other week. Yeah, um, that was that was amazing. Yeah, I just love that a movie like that still pays off some little gems down the road. Uh, Brian, were there any other widescreen things you had noticed from Ghostbusters? I, I just I I hate to steal the thunder on that one, but it was just so funny to me that you were like, and he touches his nose like this, and you illustrated <laughs> with it, like that that miming that <laughs> pantomime of it just stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. I'm sure there is. Uh, there weren't a whole lot of other scenes that, I guess, in Dana's apartment you see more um, mm-hmm. uh, between her and Peter, but uh, none of nothing stuck out to me because oh. Egon's. I wanted you know Egon in the in, you know in the movie just more of him, actually being a part of the movie. Well, sure, and those yeah, guys are genius yeah. improv people working together like that stuff that gets lost it's important it's the same kind of thing that happened with like when the simpsons were on disney plus and people were complaining about them cropping it you know to fit the screen and you were losing visual gags on the outer thirds and stuff like yeah that stuff's important mm-hmm. like just show us the movie yeah. but too many audience people you're catering to the masses rather than the people that want to just enjoy your movie um you know and you lose stuff like that and thankfully physical releases as we've gone down the road have tried to preserve or bring those back, but every now and then stuff's just lost. So yeah, well, the Ghostbusters the revelation too, is awesome. Yeah. The big thing too about that is the fact that now TVs are actually made for the widescreen. So you're not just, des- everything's not designed for the letterbox cutoff and you know, it's not a tube, it's not square. It's, you know, it's everything's rectangled out. So that helps to capture the full intent of a shot, which makes everything just a little bit better. I don't remember much else from the Ghostbusters because it's, I haven't seen the original crop version since, uh, sure. you know, mm-hmm. since uh, 
the 90s because was it 98 99 when they came out with the the dvd stuff and that's the only version i've seen is the full full screen or the widescreen well, version of it now stuff at the top of the hotel with the transformation of the dogs that you miss um yeah i know the stuff in her apartment when she when she becomes possessed like you miss some of that like some of that's cropped out but i just i don't remember too much because it's been so long since i've seen it and I mean, at some level, we can do a Ghostbusters episode. But I mean, yeah, just yeah. The, yeah. the friendship is a shared movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's relevant to set the stage for who we yes. are and yeah. history and together. <laughs> how I actually got introduced to Arthur was through a high school drama class. Yeah. So we we were in and well, did a bang out Dracula. So my, my first introduction <laughs> to Arthur was him offering to give me a ride home, and I was like, nah. I live right here. <laughs> I remember that. He just saw me walking. He's like, "Dude, you need a ride." I was like, "Nah, I'm good. I I, I live right over here." With without any context, you. that's a weirder story it than is. it could it be. It, it was not creepy at all. To the viewers. well, not only that, it's just in Western Oklahoma, smaller town. It's... I have maybe three streets to get home. Yeah, and I, if if you're walking the direction you were walking it was either go right or go left to get home. You know, like it, yeah. it definitely wasn't one of those, like just going out of the way or anything like yeah, that. It, yeah. Yeah. Small town. We <laughs> lived, we did not live in a large city. Uh, yeah. This was uh, everyone pretty much knows of everyone else. And he was just being nice. Yeah, this is 12,000 person city, maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, man, the Brian and I graduated in 2002, and the largest class Weatherford had produced at that point with 173 people. So it's not yeah. like <laughs> banging, you know, yeah. metropolis out there. Okay, so that's us. <laughs> not, not. We need to work on. I need to work on a segue skill. I'm sure. Um, so uh, let's let's talk about a girl getting trapped in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And she pulled out her gun. <laughs> yeah, poltergeist. So well, yeah, I guess poltergeist. Yeah. So um, guys, I rewatched this this week, and uh, it yep. man, like just seeing the opening, just is it's it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, like um, I, I I don't know how they didn't lose their shit when they walk in and they're. You know, Carol Ann wakes everybody up, uh, yelling at the TV that she can't hear people. Like, like was that normal for things in the eighties? Kids I mean... do weird stuff, man. My sister was a sleepwalker, and like one time she walked down to the living room while my parents were watching TV, and she just goes, "I'm a vacuum cleaner." You know, like, <laughs> kids are yeah. weird. They're creepy. They're, like they're inherently creepy, and this plays off yeah. that. I feel like. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, at least the mother was paying attention later in the breakfast scene. She was like, "So, what did you mean by the uh, TV people?" Yeah, that's that's a good point. But and then the other thing I have is, you know, this all happened because the mom smoked weed. Yeah. So okay. Craig, so there's Craig a couple things, was, and they were in there getting high. That's why, that's why their daughter I, got taken. I, I kind of want to pace this out because I'm glad you kind of cut on that too. Um, first off, like let's just kind of round table. Uh, the first time you saw this movie, not the most recent time. Oh, okay. First time, what'd you think of it? How has your perspective changed on it? Just kind of one touch. So, okay. That, yeah. The first time I saw this movie was, uh, oddly enough, it was actually the last of the original Poltergeist movies I saw. I saw the third one because, you know, like Ugh. I said, I was, I, 
Yeah, but it was on TV all the time in the late 80s, early 90s. It was like an HBO staple for a while or, you know, TBS or whatever, but it was just constantly on. So it was something I saw a lot. But I remember the first time I saw it and I just, I was probably 12 when I actually remember watching it. I might've been younger when I first saw it, but when I was around 12, I remember watching it and I thought, man, did he? This is crazy. Like whenever the kid disappears and they stay in the house and the just like, how do they get her back? You know, I was, I was into it because yeah. I knew they weren't going to bring her back through the mirror like they did in the third one at that age. But mm. you know, it's just not to give away too many spoilers, but you know. yeah. <laughs> well, there are, there are three movies. I mean, this, the, this movie did spawn two sequels, a reboot and a series. Yeah. I was going to say with, with us discussing these movies, uh, this one's from 82. We're going to talk about the plot. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, Poltergeist yet, and that's a big deal breaker for you. And we're one of the people that <laughs> found this and are listening to it. I'm sorry. Come back in a little bit. Yeah. If you fans. haven't seen Poltergeist yet, and this is 2020 when we're recording this, yeah. pause this shit. Go look up on Netflix. It is yeah. there. Watch it. It's great. Yeah. So, so overall, kind of, kind of shocked, very into it. Uh, you were a fan. Yeah, I was a fan. I um, Like I said, I'd seen the third one, and being whenever I watched it, 8, 9, 10, you know, I was a fan of it. I thought it was – it scared me. You know, I mean, but like I said, this is my first entry into this, and it did wasn't it, the first uh, horror series I've seen, but then going back Poltergeist, and watching the first one. Did it get into your rotation after that at all? Did you come back to it, or is it pretty much uh, back then when it was on HBO and then just now? Ah, uh, man, I, I watched this uh, – rewatched it for the first – time i recall probably about three years ago okay it, it, it came on tv and i sat and i watched the whole thing um it, it, it was in the rotation definitely when i was in school i had the the vhs copy <laughs> you recorded straight from hbo baby vhs and uh <laughs> so, <laughs> so i used to watch it every once in a while it, it was it was it was definitely an october thing for me sure it's, what about you Brian? halloween season uh i believe um i don't directly recall my first viewing of it uh all I know is it was uh, scary for a child. Sure. And and uh, <laughs> and I was I was at least it was before I I'm pretty sure it was before I was ten. Um. Yeah. I did, um. Go ahead. I was gonna. Did you have like when you talk about it being scary and that age? Was there any bit of like the Blair Witch effect? Like the if the TV went static in your house, would you just be like? like your head flip or anything like that. Oh yeah. As a, uh, <laughs> e even as an adult, I have a very good imagination. So if that is true, that you lose imagination as you age, I had an extremely good imagination as a kid. And, um, I, uh, the possibilities were endless to me is, is are bad things about to occur? That kind of thing. Uh, you know, but, uh, as, as a, as a, product of me being a bit of a scared kid when it comes comes to the paranormal kind of stuff i i am no longer i'm practically fearless on the subject now so um <clears throat> yeah and uh it did become a annual staple for me i watch it at least once a year um, nice yeah i mean it's it's really solid it, it's it like i said it, it's it would frighten you. I mean, the the end of it is just terribly like when you're, especially when you're young, you see all the stuff that just pops up, you know, and it did get you. It's just like, holy shit, this can happen anywhere. 
So, I mean, it, it definitely used to scare me. For me, this was my first time watching it all the way through. Um, oh, no. I knew um, that. Yeah, I mean, here. that makes sense. It's only been out for uh, 38 years, so. <laughs> well, he's probably <laughs> of it on TV. Here's, here's the caveat. We didn't have HBO. So, you know, growing up, we didn't have HBO. We had, you know, every now and then be the free weekend. So there's a lot of, like, movies that were on rotation on screen, like, that just didn't hit for me. And what's interesting that I've noticed the last two years kind of jumping back into the online uh, horror world fandom is I realize how many movies I didn't watch and how I just watched the same movies over and over again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was going over uh, to my friend's house and we were watching Monster Squad and Silver Bullet and Army of Darkness and stuff over and over again, but we weren't watching a lot of new things. So it just, <laughs> Poltergeist just was one of those blind spot ones. And I'm trying to trying to address a lot of those blind spot ones. So mm-hmm. uh, my first time impressions I'll hold for the, uh, kind of roundtable discussion of the movie here. But yeah, I uh, I know it's a classic, and I watched um, The Simpsons' take on it more than once, so I mm-hmm. understood a lot of the, what was going on in the in-between world because I saw Homer walking around it. But yeah, yeah. Um, Poltergeist, it was always a creepy thing to me because I'd seen the trailer for the third, and like Zach talked about... Um, this not being the first one he saw. And I think that happens a lot when you're growing up around when those movies are releasing. Like I know the first Friday the 13th I saw was Jason takes Manhattan, you know? So it just, it's, it's those weird, like out of continuity stuff that if you're starting up this year, you'll do it in order, but yeah, it's kind of weird how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you talk about Friday the 13th, the first one I remember watching is actually the fourth one. And the only reason I watched it is because it was just one of those times that it happened to come on TV, like on HBO or I know it wasn't on TNT or anything like that because (laughs) they used to never show that one during the marathon. So they'd show one, two, three, and then five, six, seven. Yeah, that's still, I wonder what the deal is on the rights. I haven't seen that. I know even on Monster Vision, when they did it, they didn't have four. Uh, So it's got to be one of those ones and just rights hell or something. Uh, Somebody suggested maybe Crispin Glover had something to do with that, but I don't know how much control he has over stuff of his getting reshown. I don't know. Maybe if we have people listen, someone can inform us. We'll we'll come up away uh... with a contact there's no email address yet, but like wait a week and we'll figure one out. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get you a place to drop us some lines. <laughs> and that's the other thing, like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to like hop on a an email address yet because I know when I look to see like if our name was taken. Uh, did, yeah, we introduced it as Lost Remote, right? Yeah, I looked around. Yep. The best you can do is Google search stuff and Spotify search. It looked like someone had one with this name but it was like discontinued a few years ago and didn't have many episodes. I figure we're in the clear. Maybe we have to do something else. So we'll figure that out. Um, yeah. The URL would be free. I checked it. It's still available oh, from oh, GoDaddy. 12 bucks. What do we need? Yeah. Something like that. Nice. Um, okay. So this viewing, uh, I know I watched it on Netflix. I don't know how long that information will be valid, but it is currently on Netflix. Uh, Zach, uh, do you want to take off yes. the rewatch thoughts, yes, guys? Here? On on uh, as of October <laughs> the eighth, it is still available on Netflix. October eighth, twenty twenty. But yeah, 20. let's let's 
let's kick it off, man. Uh, so on the rewatch, like like I said, whenever you know, I, I made the joke about because every horror movie back then, and it it's hilarious that it's still a joke. If there's drugs, sex, or alcohol, you're fucking getting bad stuff happen to you. And so you know they they're getting high, and so that's why their daughter's taken. Uh, but disagree. Go ahead. You disagree? <laughs> so, yes. I, I actually, it's a joke. So, I, know. <laughs> I think that was to show the humanness and regularity of these parents. These are regular people. Let me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that that, I think so that's that, what it is. They're just average people. Was, they, they... This was this movie started out as a, as a slice of life movie, and then something odd and horrific happens. So let's let's maybe break it down like this way. Like maybe like three things that stood out to you that you like on it. Maybe something that didn't work for you, and then we'll kind of bring it back around. Because I know I want to touch more on the on the slice of life aspect of it. That really stood out to me. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so three things of it I really enjoyed. I uh, well, I really enjoyed how they kind of when when Caroline goes in the closet, they come together as an actual family. You know, they move downstairs. They they're not going up there. They're they're watching over, making sure their son is taken care of. Their older daughter, who doesn't want to be around the situation, they kind of give her the freedom to go do what she needs to do to deal with and cope with everything. Um, and that's that's one of the things I liked. It actually brought them together, and their fight to recover their daughter is amazing. And uh, I just and then at the same time, one of the things that kind of bothered me is so. You have your son who's staying with you the whole time, which I get, you know, you've lost one child. You want to keep the other one with you. But then whenever, you know, we're getting towards the climax of the movie, they ship him off to grandma's house and you don't have to worry. You know, I I don't understand why that wouldn't have been an option earlier on. I feel like once uh, a tree tries to eat you, you probably should be sent to grandma's house. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing that bothered me is. With uh, E-Buzz. Yeah, with (laughs) E-Buzz. Don't forget E-Buzz. But whenever. the chair stacking and so this is just me but like, you're talking about the if, red flags huh yeah i'm talking about a red flag right here big time so whenever i see chair stacking and stuff's just moving my daughter's sitting on the counter and then all of a sudden all the chairs are stacked up you know in your I head out, do you hear symmetrical book stacking yeah I, every time you're right no <laughs> human being would stack chairs like that <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it but there's no silence. way yeah, there's no way I'd stay in this house or let my family stay in this house whenever we find out that you can slide across the floor. There's some creepy stuff going on, and we're we're gone. You know, we're gone until we find out what's up. I mean, I'm not going to use my daughter as a party trick to show my, <laughs> my significant other. Check this out. This is so cool. Do it yourself. Mommy, you know, I think that we're, burns. We're, yeah. Oh, we need some more. Uh, <laughs> we need to wax the floor some more, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's go get some Pizza Hut. <laughs> pepperoni pizza the 80s and you know the late 70s 80s were just different you just kind (laughs) of experiences happen you experience them i guess yeah Yeah. kids played outside yeah (laughs) we bought this house there's no way in hell we're moving from it till it's paid off (laughs) look have they tried to suck you into a portal yet we're staying (laughs) (laughs) that's always the rules that was in the handbook of when to move and then the other thing that blows my mind, so after they get her back, again, I get my kid back, we're, we're gone. They were moving. You know? Give them credit. They were moving that day. They weren't even going to stay yeah. that night. 
okay, but then miraculously he's going to be gone for just a little bit to the office and it's all of a sudden midnight when he gets back. I mean, come on. Uh, unless you're putting your kids to bed at 530, which, you know, maybe, maybe they slipped him some Benadryl and sent him to bed. You never know. But I just I just think they should have. There's no way I'd have just been gone. Most of my critiques of the movie aren't uh, character based. They're uh, technically based. Well, you know. <laughs> but go ahead, right, man. What, what about what... you? Oh, um, like I said, I like we've been discussing. I, I'm I like the slice of life aspect to the beginning of the movie. It really sets the tone of hey, this could happen to you. That's what the point of the movie was. It's like oh, you know, and uh, earlier before the movie was made, I believe there was a, a string of you know paranormal. There's a paranormal craze and a lot of the. Uh, what was it? Uh, is it um, could the Conjuring movies, you know, based off of a true couple, and they were doing their thing, and that was a few years before Poltergeist came out, which is obviously Poltergeist is based on those those time periods. Um, but um, you know, uh, the the things I don't like about the movie are technical things uh, there's a weird cut i don't know if you or know what i'm talking about from the kitchen to the neighbors that cut never sits well with me ever it always takes me out of the movie just a bit um what 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 it, try to try to illustrate what about it because i'm not okay. i don't remember so the, it's a break in story because you don't see, I think, that why they're going over there well, and all of a sudden they're going. Uh, well, I know why they're going. It's it, The context is there uh, in the conversation with the neighbor. But um, what what doesn't sit well with me is it's right in the – I almost feel like it was meant to be somewhat of a comedic cut. But it was a joke that kind of fell flat to me. And it, 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 it's it's a small gripe. It's not, the, not a big deal. It doesn't ruin the whole flick. Um, yeah. Another problem with me is the effects of the closet when they're going to save the girl. Is uh, the effects seem a little hokey? Um, just the closet lighting. That's it. The <laughs> large uh, skull is fine. Very good. Um, all the other ghostly effects in the movie are great, except for maybe a cleaning room. Paranormal investigator guy peeling off his face. <laughs> I oh, love yeah. that. That, oh, that is very 80s, dude. That is awesome. I, right? 80s, you're kind of like, oh, there's some weird stuff. There's some fam. Oh, God, his face is gone. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's yeah. A little, it's a, that was a little wonky. It didn't fit in with the rest of the flick to me. But um, based on the just how, how the feeling of things were going, you know. So you didn't like the strobes in the closet. No. To, and that's well, that's the, the entrance. It's just a bunch of strobes. That was yeah, it, behind the fans. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that, too, because it it, it's go ahead, Brian. It didn't fit. Yeah, I agree with that, because like when you see all the detail and kind of stuff that went into the uh, the reentry, you know, in the living room when stuff's yeah. flashing back through. Yeah, that's great. It looks great. But the, the closet entry portal on the uh, when they take Tangina in there. Yeah, it's it, it is kind of a, a weaker point. But I have I mean, you know. it was a budgetary problem. Yeah, I'm curious I'm... how many of those they had with Spielberg. I've never watched like making of on this, but you know Spielberg was definitely starting to feel himself at that point. So I'm sure they had a pretty good amount, but you know maybe Tobe Hooper directing 
they ran into some stuff. It's always possible. With it was probably maybe pickups or something, and they're like, sure. "Oh my god, this whole scene, this this whole thing in the kid's room isn't working. We have to reshoot it, the whole thing." Maybe I don't know. I don't know the story. I haven't watched any making ofs and whatnot. But there was something about the effects of that scene that kind I've of got it off. Tell you the uh, I forgot to mention this. My only real introduction to the full story of uh, Poltergeist was I got to go through the uh, house at Halloween Horror Nights mm-hmm. a couple of years ago that they did for Poltergeist, and it was one of the best ones. And the closet with strobe and the big skeleton they came out was the coolest part of it. So it really works in a haunted house. <laughs> yeah, um, well, no, no, the skeleton up on film. The skull, the, the giant skull was great. It just yeah. didn't yeah. mesh with. Hey, hey, let's put some lights behind some big fans. Well, right. Yeah, and, and even the later scene where the closet tries to get him again right at the end. Yeah! The, the scene there is amazing. It's really good, too. Giant and, gaping esophagus maw. Oh, yeah, that's, with the tongue. That's not fans with lights behind them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty good. The other, um, Brian mentioned the uh, the scene with the guy in the with the helper in the, the water closet or whatever, the, the utility closet yeah. that, uh, that was one of the, that's the first time I remember seeing any like real manipulation real like that with a food item and mm. like just seeing how well it was done with like all the, it, the you know, it looked like they, the steak. Yeah. The steak looked great. Crawling. It, yeah. it really did. Yeah. And then like the eruption of everything coming out of it, it was just, it was awesome. And then, you know, of course, we got the mandatory. There's, there's maggots on food because that's kind of, you know, pretty, pretty played in horror stuff. Well, that was, you know, mind games yeah. of the poltergeist. There, yeah, that's a, sign. Like that's a sign to the audience. They're going. This is these spooks, if you will, are going to be fucking with people. Yeah, and, and, I, and I there's really... multiple parties in play. I think is one thing you could say. Like, maybe one is far more extreme than the other. Maybe. You know, well, like, it, that's why the one that got a hold of him and took away his face, like, maybe that's the real that the dick of the bunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the big bad. Well, and you, you also get to notice this, too, guys, whenever they, uh, the very next part, when he comes walking back out, and the other, oh, man, the, the other technician, give me one Ryan. second. Ryan, yeah, Ryan, and Marty's the one that tore his face off. Whenever Ryan's sitting there, and he's not paying attention to shit that's going on in the living room, and he's supposed to be monitoring everything, and you see, like, the uh, they get the camera shot of all the, the you know, spirits walking through. I think that's amazing, too. And you that, that just showed you that there were more, that there were, well, I was just saying, that shows that there are multiple spirits in the house, and it's just not one big bad. That well, there's, Ryan's the one who created that. Things. If you look, if you watch, you pay attention to what he's drawing. Yeah, he's I wonder if that's... drawing the staircase with a, uh, a womanly figure coming down it, and that's exactly what happens later. Yeah. They were and see, reading I his mind as well. That, my curiosity... Yeah, that, that's a way to look at it. I didn't know if that was just... If that was an intentional thing, or if that was maybe kind of one of the... Uh, a con- continuity break in the story. Or did he the have film. the shining? He is a psychic investigator. Could... Either way. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't know if it was a break in continuity in the story. You know what I mean? Like, because it happens a lot. Like, you, you'll film something, and then, you know, you don't, there's not necessarily film from A to Z. It's, well, they, they specifically show the drawing, and uh, it's yeah, no I, accident, I, so I don't think yes. so. I think it was quite intentional. Well, I thought it was, too, that it was, it was a great piece, but I just didn't know if it was just a continuity thing, because, like you said, you watch a lot of 80s movies, and even today, you know, movies are put out that, 
you see the technical errors or something that's like, hey, we don't know about this yet, but you see the result or whatever is seen before. I did not watch with that level of uh, intensity. A lot of that went over my head. I, uh, I've, I've watched it once a year for sure. Yeah. So I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen the movie a bunch. Sure. <laughs> um, for me, I really, so I thought, like, so I love the seeing the parents being parents in the early mm-hmm. 80s, uh, you know, rolling a joint. I was really worried. I kept thinking of stuff like, is this how they're going to get discounted? Like someone's not going to listen to them because they found drugs in their house or something. Mm. Oh, sure. Your kids in the TV. What are these doobies? And like, they kept resetting what my expectation. And so like, that was nice. And then the mom really stood out to me as Mm -hmm. so much of what she did was authentic. And there was the right amount of desperation and just like hope. Like I really, really love the family element in there. And I also loved that they didn't mess around with stuff not happening when other people are over. Like you could waste a third of a movie being like, Mm -hmm. no, look, something happened here. Oh, you're just crazy. No, look, something happened here. I don't know that, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Like I was really happy. Like the house was consistent, Mm -hmm. you know, like stuff was happening and it was happening and it happened no matter who was looking. I thought that was important and like different than a lot of movies that kind of get into this mode. I feel like these guys didn't care. They had what they wanted. Right. Yeah. And I, I dig actually that this movie was set up on an actual good three, three act structure. So, I mean, you know, the end of the first act is when Carol Ann gets taken in the closet and you see the original 30 minutes or so of the movie. It's all building up to that point And then she's taken. And then the next 30 minutes brings you way back down to where, you know, they're where they're in panic. So you're building up that that act. And then the third act is, you know, plays out. And but I think that's amazing. And I also like the fact that uh I like that you get to see on the mom and the kids and and on Craig T. Nelson, you really get to see the uh, desperation soak in because, I mean, he goes to just looking like garbage for yeah. the middle he, third of he this is a film, grumpy and it's Gus great. throughout that entire movie. Yeah, yeah. After after the first thirty, he's just he is a, yes. Oh man, is is there a better late act introduction? And like this is putting it on the spot, but like, man. Zelda Rubenstein, <laughs> when she gets dropped into the movie, like it just goes up, up, up. Like she's so, yeah. like captivating. Like she's such a. Y'all ain't my mind hanging back, jamming my frequencies. <laughs> I don't like trick answers. She just like immediately, <laughs> like it feels both real and alien at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. She's just such an interesting character in this. Uh, just I don't know. Like I loved when she shows up, and I'd seen her at least her clips or things like that before. Like I was familiar with her, but she's just awesome. (laughs) Well, you know, when I knew something crazy was going to happen is uh, at the very beginning, uh, whenever, you know, I think it's what, like three, four minutes into the movie when they're, whenever, you know, Craig T. Nelson's scouting uh, the opponent next weekend that where he's watching football and the neighbor keeps changing the remote. I just, those remotes are too damn strong, man. Something bad's going to happen oh, here. Uh, they, yeah, I was going to point that out. Like, that's not how remote line of sight worked there. They weren't working with Bluetooth. Like, what was going on? Like, were the ghosts just like, hey, man, you know what would be hilarious? Mess with this TV. And then the other one's like, 
I was going to make a steak erupt into maggots and peel his face off, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, you go over there, and you'll switch that TV, and I'll stay over here, and I'll switch this one. But, you know. And then I think when the... I made him the... watch a beauty pageant when he wanted to watch sports. I made him rip his face off. All right, you win. <laughs> beauty pageant? It was Mr. Rogers. No, I, I'm, I was throwing Rogers. out, like, an example. I was throwing out <laughs> know, an example of, like, a... The conversation wasn't in the movies. <laughs> you know why the tree grabbed Robbie, though? In this movie, he was trying to trying to put him on the Mayflower too and send his ass to the sun. What? The kid that played Robbie was in Airplane Two, the sequel. Oh, that's that's deep. Yeah, yeah. watch a lot of bad movies. Watched Airplane multiple times. You've never seen the sequel? I don't think so. This it's even one. called Airplane Two, the sequel. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, when. To go back, um, whenever you first see Zelda in this come in, you know, Tangina arrives. And I just love how after everything he's seen that, you know, Steven is still skeptic about that there could be a Well, at least he can joke. At this <laughs> I'm like, first time we saw him crack somewhat of a smile in this movie. Yeah, I was like, you've literally been talking to your daughter for a month through the fucking television, and yeah. you don't believe in a psychic. <laughs> Forever skeptic. Yes, sir. He continues throughout the second one. Yeah, yeah, he does. He really does. Um, so, and then there's a second one. Yes. <laughs> they skipped guys seven. there's a whole line of these movies <laughs> no there's only one and three. Oh, okay. <laughs> so no i also uh whenever she goes in to get the daughter the did y'all what did you think of like the uh we're gonna call it the slime because we're ghostbusters fans but the slime that came out on the tennis balls and the rope i thought that was awesome mm-hmm. that like looked like you actually and to you oh, know, yeah. and it makes more sense whenever you see the like the esophagus come to get them at the in the yeah. at the yeah. end. Like it looks like it was actually like in chunks of stuff that was in your stomach. Yeah, it, it was really just good. A guess. It was just a guess of what would happen when someone goes from the you know a prime material plane to a mostly ethereal plane in corporeal form. It's like, well, what comes back if something's attached to them? Goo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was good, it guess, was good really. stuff. And I I really enjoyed it. And then and then you know. Where yeah, it smelled like. <laughs> and then Craig T. Nelson, you know, or Zelda, when she's like, this house is clear. You were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you invite her into anything else? <laughs> it's clean. Well, you did not dust around the drapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent sign that the ghosts were malicious and capable of fooling a powerful psychic. Yeah, that's a good point. By the way, so when you see this and then like whenever at the very end, you know, the big the big third act finale, right, is when they're leaving and and it's coming back to try to get both kids, not just one. And uh, yeah, but it really wants the second one. But it's it the one it goes for first is Robbie, though. I mean, when they're in the bedroom, they the clown goes for Robbie. And so the worst part about this is, is now when I watch this and I've seen scary movie too, too many times that every time <laughs> I see the clown go for Robbie, oh, I just think it's scary movie too. <laughs> Nobody else. No, I, got a game. I, I don't. I, but I do recall did, the scene. I didn't like the first one too much. And I never watched any of the other scary movies. That's oh, the good. second one's the best one. <sighs> 
I don't now, find that no hard debate. to believe. <laughs> I, I, I had this discussion with somebody else the other day. It just, I, there's a certain nuance I felt like those movies were missing when it came to parody, and it just yeah. didn't quite hit for me. Well, I mean, it. That's yeah, with giving only one a chance, but we digress. Well, yeah, the first one was, yeah. was okay. The second one was the best one. Uh, the second one, I see Shakespeare. Right. Come on. <laughs> so, what movie would you pair this with if you were going to show somebody a double feature? Oh, that is on the spot. Someone else go first. So, are we only picking one from uh, one series? Because no, any other movie. So, there will be some times where, like, it makes sense to, like, if I'm showing somebody Army of Darkness, we're watching Evil Dead 2 right before it. You know, yeah. it can be in, in series or it can be out of series. But what movie would you bookend with it? I'll, I'll throw mine out. I would do Poltergeist and I would do Raiders of the Lost Ark. I just think, you know, you've got, mm. I know it's not Spielberg directing, but you've got the same kind of like skeleton fun and like supernatural stuff with it. Yeah. I, I think those two pair well together in an evening. They do. I would, I would watch the I'd, I'd series it, man. I'd go with the first one and the second one. And then uh, I'd throw the third one off the house. <laughs> not, not a big fan of number three. <laughs> yeah, man. It's okay. I, I like it more than Brian does, but it, it's, it is, it doesn't live up to the other it, two. And most sequels not. usually go down, but that is, it's not down. It's off the cliff. The commercial or trailer absolutely terrified me as a kid uh, for the third. Uh, oh, Because yeah. that's the one where she goes through the mirror into the water and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. There's, there's good yeah. visuals in that movie. Very good visuals in that movie. But the, there, there, there's something lost in it just doesn't work yeah i mean it, it's not the same i think uh you know i think tom scarrett does fine um you know he he takes over kind of the uh the paternal figure and then uh i can't think of her name you guys are gonna have to help me out she uh plays uh you know the sister pat her name's pat in that and uh murphy's she, part uh, robocop yeah yeah she's in robocop yeah yeah that's exactly it and she does okay it's just it just it feels like it's missing stuff, right? Like Nancy Allen. Yeah, she, it just it just doesn't feel like it's, you know. Well, the family's not together for one. Isaac. Yeah, having what's what's the reason for the family being broken? Well, I don't. I, I we can get to that. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, my pairing while Zach <laughs> stutters out. Yeah, not um, not a verbal stutter, but his video is. Uh, <laughs> dropped on us. Man down. <laughs> Lost in the closet. Um, God, that's a tough call. I think um, I would pair this. I'd pair Poltergeist. I'd air it first, and then I would do a modern movie. I'd do The Conjuring 2. With that, is there... Because I haven't watched any of The Conjuring movies. Is there oh, okay. a reason... Uh, that you would like, is there not a tether to, to to the first one where you're worried about that? If it's somebody's first time? Uh, no. Um, I think you could watch the conjuring two without watching the first one. Okay. It's think of the conjuring almost as it, it, it feels like a, um, long form episodic of 
this particular couple going out and doing some realistic ghost busting. Ooh. Yeah. Busting does make me feel good, Brian. Yeah, it, it should. But yeah, that's I would I would pair those two up. <clears throat> I know it's nice. Yeah, I, I I really like the conjuring and the conjuring too. <laughs> like I said, I've got a lot of blind spots. There was conjuring definitely came out during a period of time where I didn't have any trust in horror movies. I know Saw and stuff was big around then. I'm probably mixing up timelines a little bit, but I just I I wasn't getting into a lot of them. So I'm, I'm kind of a returned, a, retur- a lost son that has returned to the horror world. So I need to give them a watch for sure. You look like well, you what should be on a crabbing boat. So Zach has returned. Uh, Brian's double feature would be Poltergeist and Conjuring 2. Ooh, that's very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. So, so you've there. seen Conjuring 2, I take it. Yes, yes. I've okay. seen... Uh... I, the only ones of the Conjuring movies I haven't seen are any of the Annabelles. Um, and that's just I've because... Like, the first Annabelle. <laughs> There's a really fun video they put out this summer of Annabelle hanging around the studio lot with everybody else quarantined, where it's just Annabelle doing things around the, the thing. It's, <laughs> it's worth finding. It's a little minute ad for the Annabelle Comes Home, but it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Give me one sec. And yes, for our viewers, I would suggest also the Conjuring movies, at least the first two. And they're like eight now. Ah, uh, there's spinoffs. The spinoffs are what I guess there's. Well, they have their whole universe, yeah. Yeah. Now that Zach has returned from technical difficulties, uh, a running thing I'd like to see. You know, who knows how many of these we do? But I think it'd be fun to have a running total of our favorite movie that we've gone through. And so I figure the way we can do it is just, you know, we start from Poltergeist as our number one movie, and then <laughs> next next time, whatever we review, you just kind of give it a vote of better or worse. And so okay. as we start to add some to the list, you know, there will be some interesting conversations around where, you know, is it 8, 10, 12, you know, stuff like that. But right now, Poltergeist, greatest movie we've ever seen. <laughs> By far. Yeah, so you know, I'm going to keep track of everyone's personal ranking system. Okay. And I know like those always uh, would throw me off, like the Marvel movies. Like more the idea, I might view it as what would I rather see, you know, and Brian might view it as what's a better movie, and you might view it as, you know, some other criteria. So I think that's always fun to debate and get into because I – I tend to rate things based on what would I want to see right now if I had these two movies to pair. Even though, you know, X, Y, or Z is 100% a better movie and blew my mind away, mm-hmm. like maybe I'd just rather watch Army of Darkness, you know, or whatever comes up. So oh, that's yeah. totally understandable. Sometimes you're in a mood. You're just in a mood. Yeah. So right now, so- Brian, favorite horror movie that we've reviewed? Oh, our that we've reviewed, uh, I'll go with the Poltergeist. <laughs> awesome, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> the Poltergeist. <laughs> oh my God, a clean sweep for Coach. <laughs> there was once or twice where I think there was something he did in the mirror that I, I felt like was a Mr. Incredible did later on. Doesn't he do kind of like a little pose with his stomach in the mirror at some point? Yeah, in the movie? before, after. Yes, I've before, seen that in so many other movies. He does it in Incredibles, basically. There's a scene where he's yeah. getting into a suit, like in front of the mirror, he's like sucking it in, letting it out. 
Everybody's so I feel like that was a nod back to Poltergeist. You know, Pixar you know, movies are big on giving nods to Poltergeist. You know the one thing? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> the, one of the other problems I had with this is uh, <laughs> the one of the, So when they get in the cab and they go to the Holiday Inn at the very end of the movie, right? It's like a touching scene. And so I know nobody actually gets killed in Poltergeist, except for Tweety in the opening. You know, Tweety dies, and then Mama's going to flush her down the toilet because for some reason they decided flushing a whole bird down a toilet's a good idea. Yeah, it doesn't but, seem Yeah. So the other victim that the Poltergeist one had is the is Dana, because this is the last time she's heard, seen, or mentioned again for the rest of the Poltergeist trilogy. Well, I feel like she's... Uh... <laughs> She's probably 18 by the second one, or close enough. She's emancipated, and uh, sure. she's doing her own thing. Yeah. Oh, oh of... by the way, I, I want to say something about Poltergeist. So everyone, get, there's sweet little treats in every movie if you're paying attention to what people are saying. Uh, the mother had the oldest daughter when she was 16. Yeah, I noticed it. And so yeah. I was curious if it was actually her daughter or if it was like uh, it's her his daughter. daughter. They, you know what I mean? Like, they probably like they're married. I'm assuming that this was a youthful coupling, and they've stuck together ever since. I yeah. really appreciate that, and that really fits in. I feel like you know, with any time, but definitely with with the time. And then that would that is what stood out with me the most in this movie was that familial bond. And honestly, with the with Dana not being in the house for most of it, I, you know. Some of it could yes. come off as her family being crazy at some level. I know she was there for a lot, but like she might not have the same level of connection going forward, and that could be another reason to split. She probably just moved to uh, Alaska or something, and just yeah, yeah. But what I like, if, if you go to the next one, she's not. I mean, she's been never mentioning her again. Is what made me like kind of caught my eye. Well, they had other things on their mind. <laughs> well, like even the third one, whenever um, Carol Ann's ta- telling them that she can't wait to go home to see her mom her dad and her brother mm-hmm. but never mentions her sister again so i'm guessing that after all this happened she's just like screw you guys i'm out yeah. <laughs> and never talk to him again i i want to uh point something out here brian i'm all for every episode getting brian's sweet little treats <laughs> okay there are. oh yeah sweet I'm, treats I'm for <laughs> i mean he's got to pay attention now folks at home now i know this is because when the dad is interviewing with the paranormal investigators. They ask him questions. And they ask the ages of the people involved. And the mother's 32 and the eldest daughter is 16. Nice. So I'm thinking that the, the, the mother actually had the child at 15. Because when they first ask, he says that she's the mom's 31. Oh, no, no. Uh, 30. I think he says older first. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought, I, I thought he said 31 and then 32. But... Regardless, give the man a break. He's had a, I know he's had a hard week. <laughs> Brian, sweet little treats. Yeah, I like that. Well, I believe uh, our, our time is running out here. Are there any recommendations for something newer uh, you want to toss out? Just like a random, hey, check this out and where people can see it. Uh, yeah, if we're throwing out recommendations, I would really recommend everybody go check out the Babysitters uh, duo of movies on Netflix. Um, Hell yeah. They are, they are fun. They're 
just great, great kind of throwbacks to to horror movies, and they're just amazing. They're not overly grotesque or anything. They're just fun movies, and they flow really well. And I think everybody, if I mean, if you like horror, you'll you'll really dig these these pair of movies. I've sat four people down at different times and had them watch the first Babysitter, and they all became fans. Uh, and and the new one's a lot of fun. I always like I'll think of sequels at like what percent of the original of joy do I get from it? Like Zombieland 2 felt like a 75 percenter, which was enough. I liked having everybody back. But like, uh, you know, Babysitter, I feel like was a solid like 85 percent of the experience. Uh, Brian, any for you? I'm looking now if I can't see it on um, Netflix, I won't recommend it. But I'll, I'll go ahead and say that uh, I'll just go with the coupling. You watch uh, The Conjuring 1 or 2, but there was a movie called The Terrifier? Or Oh, yeah. You, have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I've definitely seen With Art the, the Clown. Clown? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm very aware of Art the Clown. Like, that is an amazing, like, instant iconic look. Oh, uh, wait. You, so you haven't seen it? No. Oh, I, no. I heard it was extremely gruesome, and I haven't been in that mood. Um, it's gruesome, but if you enjoy the iconic look as in a good scary look, yeah. the movie will not stop giving you instant free, freeze frames of this guy. It, the, they did a good job. I Look-wise. I'm absolutely going to watch it. Now, did you watch the, the movie that introduced him, that All Hallows' Eve? Uh, I did, I believe, after I watched The Terrifier. Okay, worth a watch as well. Um, I can't quite recall. Like, uh, I, I kind of just kind of glanced over that one. I'd have to give it a, a more intense look to sure, but I, I would, I would recommend the terrifier and yes, it is gruesome. If you're not into very gruesome and you see the gruesomeness, then I do not recommend the film. <laughs> oh, nice. I, I, I can certainly have fun with that. I, my my recommendations are going to come from Shutter right now. I, the summer one, like, you know, how there's times where like a movie will pop up and all of a sudden everybody's talking about it, and if you wait a little too long, you're like, ah, I heard too much of this. It doesn't work for me. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. The the first week after Host came out, I mean, just every. Five, four out of every five tweets that I saw were about host. If it was horror movie Twitter, and they were just going nuts about it. And I, I think I've told Zach about it. Uh, host is a super simple premise, and they sold it on two words, and it was Zoom seance. And in April during quarantine in England, you know they were it was a group of friends doing a movie club. You know people that did some shorts and stuff together, and uh, the director pranked one of them like he heard something in the basement and brought his camera up there and scared everybody and they just got the idea like this could work for a movie over zoom and it's awesome it's short it's a sprint it's 56 minutes but it works with like the fact that you know there's certain things with online conferences that you are aware of and it just it's authentic uh almost everybody involved in it knew each other before um, you feel it like I'm not sometimes those movies where it's like you're looking somewhere and something pops up, they just don't 
feel right and they don't work everything about host to me works and there's some really cool gimmicks they come up with and it just couldn't be more happy for the people involved in it anyway uh, shutters i just become more and more an amazing value so i would say host and then there's a zombie movie uh called yummy on shutter as well and it takes place in a plastic surgery center in europe and it has some of the most original ridiculous kills and gags that i've seen in a zombie thing in a long time so uh, i keep telling people host and yummy are my two right now so guys uh what are we gonna what are you guys gonna want to watch like what are you watching this week is there anything that's come out that you guys are definitely going to jump onto for like this week's viewing or this weekend's viewing does i anything there's a one that just dropped on shutter called scare me and i think it's an anthology but it's like two writers in a cabin trying to come up with different stories to scare each other that sounded really good and i'm really just going to be tied up the shout factory friday the 13th complete set just dropped and it's like the first time to get the real 3d version of part three not the red blue version uh so they've got new scans of the first four movies and like 4k scans of the first four movies and then some 2ks of the other it's just it's gorgeous i watched the first one today and it just looks amazing so i'm gonna be tied up a lot with friday the 13th the big box set brian what do you think Oh, for viewing? Like, are you are you asking yeah. what we're going to review next? No, no just what your casual, like, what well, I'm afraid I got to inform the audience that I am a bit of a gaming nerd, rather, and I'll be playing Baldur's Gate three a great deal of the time. Awesome. Also, having nice. some local Chinese food at a place that's been closed for a while now it's opening back up. Uh, Good which deal. Place? Hmm? Which place? Wong's. Wong's. You're driving to Clinton. Well, I'm driving okay. to go see my family, nice. and we're going to have okay. Chinese. I got you. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Uh, what I'm going to probably be watching, guys, is uh, I'm going to finish off The Boys, which should be dropping the final few episodes. And then, or well, I guess when we're recording this, it's October 8th, so tomorrow on the 9th should be the season two finale. And then I'm going to check out the uh, Vampires in the Bronx. On Netflix. Yeah, Vampire. Yeah, I've heard it's got good Monster Squad vibes to it, so I'm sold. It, it's been pretty good. And then, of course, I'll uh, I'll probably check out. Uh, yeah, there's some other things on Netflix. I can't recall the names right now, but uh, there's some other things I'll be checking out. That's there. Well, I'd, let's take it home. I, you know, I I I'll sum it up. I'm really glad we got on here to do this and. Hopefully we have this in finished and cut out within a week or two of recording it. Uh, but <laughs> either way, it's just nice to come shoot the breeze again. Yeah, I mean, anybody that's listening, this is a pet project. This is just us talking and having fun. Uh, we're not taking anything seriously. We're a unique kinda... experience on the internet. Yeah. People talking about the movies they love. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, nobody's ever seen this before. I mean, it's, it, or heard it. <laughs> but, you know, we we're just three friends that uh, decided that, hey, we wanted to try this, and why not, you know? So, and we watched a lot of movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so thank you for, for listening, if you listened and made it all this way. Brian, anything else from you? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Perfect. Go to bed. That's that's the sign off. Yeah, this is your last, uh, your first episode (laughs) of the probably named Lost Remote podcast. Uh, If you want to get a hold of us, we'll figure that out on another episode. And uh, we'll be, you know, dropping another one of these soon after we drop this first one. Thanks for joining.